Well, good morning, everybody. It's Bo Haig, and I'm coming to you via video this morning. I'm actually in Graham, Texas this weekend doing a wedding for Cody and Macy Rollins. And so I agreed to that a few months ago, and it's just an awesome opportunity for me to be a part of their celebration. Um, but I do want to say thank you for being here at the Celebarn of the Lord. And I'm just uh, excited that you're here this morning. I believe that God has an awesome message just for you. And so if you're a guest with us, thank you so much for being here. If you come all the time, thank you for coming back. Um, last week, I preached a message and I highlighted some of the cool acronyms that we use to communicate. Um, we played the what is that acronym you know, game and we had a good time with it. But I told you that I created a new acronym and maybe you've maybe have seen it before, but I had never really seen it before. Um, and it is this B-Y-O-U. BYOU. So what do you say? What does that stand for? Well, it means bring your own you. Bring your own you, or you could say it this way. You could say be you. And uh, we looked at a story of David and Goliath. And many of you guys have heard the story, but hopefully last week you heard kind of a new take on it. Um, in the story, Saul, you know, placed certain expectations, said certain things to David and even tried to make him, you know, look like, you know, somebody that he was not. And through that story, we learned a couple of things. Uh, first of all, we learned that we must stop believing what others say about us. And we got to start believing what God says about us. You know, Saul said, you know, you're just a boy, David. You can't, you know, that guy's a warrior. He's been fighting since his youth. You're just a little boy. You can't defeat him. And if David would have listened, guess what? He wouldn't have won the battle, right? So in the same you know, light, our lives, a lot of times people say something to us and they uh, say we're not good enough. They say we're not going to make the team. They say, you know, we can't, you know, get that girl or we can't, you know, get that job or whatever it is. And we believe some of the things that they say. And the truth is, if we do that, then we can't bring our best you. We can't be who God has created us to be. And so we've got to stop believing everything that everybody else says about us. And we got to start believing what God says about us. The second thing uh, that we learned was we must take off the expectations of others and start living out the expectations of God. And you say, what does that mean? Well, in the story of David and Goliath, uh, David was expected to wear Saul's uniform or Saul's armor. And uh, Saul said, hey, if you're going to go fight, you're going to wear my armor. But David tried it on. He said, forget this. I can't fight in this. This is your armor and I'm not going to wear it. I'm going to go out with the weapons that I'm used to, which was a sling and five stones. And he goes out and he kills the giant because he was himself. And so we got to stop living according to maybe the expectations of other people and start living according to the expectations of God. The third thing was this. Your experiences make you who you are. So we have to let God use them. Uh, David, uh, he experienced fighting, uh, you know, lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Um, but he really did. He fought them in protecting his sheep because um, he was a shepherd boy. And so out of that experience, he was able to face the giant uh, later on and win. And so we have to do the same thing. We have to let our experiences, our failures, our successes, our battles that we've won, our battles that we've lost, uh, the talents, everything that we have, we have to allow those experiences to be used by God. And then we can win victories in our life. Well, uh, this morning, I want to focus in on another issue that I believe keeps us from BYOU, bringing your own you. And I want to learn how to overcome it. 
And uh, so here's the issue. You say, what is, what is the issue? Well, I hope you're ready. Here it is. It is the curse of comparison. The curse of comparison. You say, what is that? Well, it's the curse of comparing ourselves to other people. Maybe comparing our lives to other people. Maybe comparing, you know, what we have or what we don't have to other people. Um, I know that if you're in the barn today that you could probably say, yep, I have, you know, compared myself to other people. And I know I'd probably hear some groans as soon as I said that because everybody knows that we do it. Uh, whether we like it, whether we don't, we do it. And so in today's culture, just like, you know, those acronyms, you know, we can use those in uh, communicating uh, through social media. I believe in today's culture, one of the biggest areas that we compare is through social media. Um, I love social media. I think it's great. I think, you know, that it can be used by God. It's an amazing tool. Uh, I believe it's pretty awesome. But if there is a downside you know, to social media, I believe it is that we compare ourselves to so many people. Um, as a pastor, I'll give you an example in my own life. Um, as a pastor, I look at all these other people's, you know, or pastors' Instagrams, and, you know, maybe I hear them preach, or there's a little clip of, you know, what they're preaching about, and I just think, man, I, I wish I could preach like them. Man, you know, they have such, you know, good delivery. Man, you know, the power of God is on them, and I compare myself to their preaching. I also may look at them, and I may, you know, see how many followers they have, and I go, you know, man, I wish I had that many followers. Um, and, you know, I, I may see, you know, some of their amazing facilities, and I, uh, you know, I maybe envy their facilities, and I think, you know, man, I wish I, you know, had their facilities. We could do so much more if we had what they have. Um, you know, another one that I do is I, I listen to them and I, and I see them and, you know, they're, they're so funny sometimes. I, I love funny preachers because they keep your attention. And, you know, a lot of times I'll, I'll hear what they say and I'll think, you know, man, I wish I was that funny. Um, and so that's just what I maybe compare myself to. Maybe yours is something different. Maybe you get on Instagram or Facebook and, and you see these people and they're at the beach, right? And it seems like they're at the beach like once a month or something. And you look at them and you go, man, their life, you know, looks like one big vacation. I wish I could go on that many vacations. Or maybe you see your buddies and uh, they went hunting and they went to Colorado and they got to hunt elk or whatever. And they shoot a big, you know, elk. And you think to yourself, man, I wish I could afford to go to Colorado like those guys, or I wish I could afford uh, to shoot an elk like that. Maybe uh, you see a picture of, you know, your friend's husband, and you think, man, her husband's hot. You know, I wish my husband looked uh, that good. I know my wife may have thought that once or twice. But uh, anyways, uh, maybe you see some girls. Maybe you're a girl, and you see some cute girls on Instagram or Facebook, and you think, man, I wish I was as cute as they are all the time. Um, maybe you have kids, uh, and, uh, you see, you know, some families, they're, you know, going to Disneyland and all that stuff for their birthday parties. And, and you think to yourself, man, you know, it must be nice to be able to go to Disney world. I wish we could go to Disney world, or maybe, you know, again, you're a kid and you have, you know, birthday parties, but you see all your friends on Instagram and they're, you know, skydiving or something crazy. And, uh, you're thinking, well, I get to go to the skating rink and uh, skate and shoot the duck and all those fun things. And, 
you know, do the hokey pokey and all those things. And, and you're thinking, well, you know, why can't I go skydiving? Why can't I do those things? Maybe you're a parent and, uh, you know, you look at uh, pictures on Instagram or social media and all the kids are smiling and their clothes match and they're not wrinkled and their hair's combed or they got a, you know, a hat on that, you know, it's actually creased the right way. And you think to yourself, man, I wish my kids would look that happy. I wish they would smile in a picture of, you know, our family pictures. And I wish they matched like all those families uh, do. Well, here's the thing. We all do it. Uh, nobody's immune to it. We all uh, have been uh, accused and all are guilty of comparison. But here's the fact. Nothing good comes from comparison. I mean, if we're going to be our best you, if we're going to, you know, be who God has made us to be, then we have to stop, you know, comparing ourselves to people. And you say, well, what is what does comparison produce? Well, really, like I just said, nothing good. I'll give you a few things that it produces. The first is this. It produces resentment. I mean, we resent people. I mean, we look at some people and we get jealous or whatever. And we, you know, we, we think to ourselves, you know, well, how can they get all those things? Or, you know, why are they so lucky? Or, you know, why are they so blessed? And we resent them for the things that God has blessed them with. Um, the other thing that we resent, uh, we resent ourselves. Uh, we see what we, you know, lack or don't have. And we come almost to even hate our lives or not like our lives. And we get depressed and, you know, we think, you know, bad thoughts about our lives or, you know, that we're less than uh, because, you know, we're not, you know, like those other people. And so we resent ourselves. And the third thing is this. We resent God. Um, whether you think so or not, whether you believe it or not, uh, when we compare ourselves to other people, we are, are actually showing ungratefulness to God. We're essentially saying what God has given us is not enough. What God has blessed us with, the body, the hair, whatever it is, the kids, the family, what God has given us isn't good enough. And we show our ungratefulness when we compare ourselves you know, to, to other people. And so contentment, it, it produces resentment. Another thing that contentment can produce is pride. It produces pride. I mean, we compare ourselves to, you know, another person's house. You know, we, we look at our house, we compare our house to theirs. We compare our truck to theirs. We compare, you know, our horse to theirs or our job to theirs. And, and we can get prideful. I mean, we can make statements in our mind or even maybe sometimes, you know, out loud. You know, I, I'm better than them. I have more stuff than them. My truck is nicer than, you know, his. My wife is better looking uh, than his wife. And my wife actually is better looking than most of yours. Well, actually, all of your wives. <laughs> I shouldn't say most of most of them. But anyways, uh, I almost got in trouble there. Um, you know, I, I have, you know, we look at our houses and we go, I have a better, you know, house than she does. Uh, my hair is so much better than hers. And we get prideful. And so you say, what does comparison produce? It produces uh, resentment. It produces pride. And then it also produces this. It produces insecurity. Um, we lose our confidence and become insecure when we compare ourselves to other people. I mean, you know, you, you, you may not say it out loud, but sometimes we have thoughts like, man, I'm ugly. Man, what, you know, what's, why is that vein on my nose? Or why did I have to have this birthmark or, you know, all that? And then we look at other people and we go, man, they're perfect. 
I mean, they look beautiful. I mean, their their skin is so you know good. And I'm trying to relate to women here, but um, maybe you know, maybe you know, you're a husband, and you know, again, you compare your job to somebody else's job. I mean, those guys they're making a hundred thousand dollars, and you're making forty. Um, and you know, again, it creates insecurity. We feel less than. We feel like maybe that we're not providing for our family like. You know all those other guides uh, and and all that. So the fact is this: resentment, pride, and insecurity are not God's will for us as followers of Jesus Christ. They're just not. And so again, comparison produces those things. And so here's here's what else I know about comparison: the root of our comparison is envy. Uh, envy. It's a, it's a terrible word, but, but listen to what the Bible says about envy. In James chapter 3, verses 14 through 16, it says this, But if you harbor, what? Bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such, quote, wisdom does not come from heaven, but is what? Earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. <laughs> Earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. I don't know if it can get any worse. And then it goes on to say, for where there is, you know, or where the, where you have what envy and selfish ambition, you know, there is there you find disorder in every evil practice. And so, what is it saying? Well, it's saying envy is evil. When we envy other people, when we covet, you know, what other people have, it's nothing short of evil. Uh, the Bible again it describes it as un. You know, unspiritual. It's an earthly thought. Um, it causes disorder and all kinds of evil. And just so you know, this isn't something new to our world. I mean, it didn't just happen, you know, when we had social media or we got TVs or, you know, whatever. It's been, uh, comparison has been a part and envy has been a part uh, of our world since the world began. I mean, all you got to do is look back at Satan himself. I mean, Satan was an angel. He was in heaven with God, but then he compared and he envied God's role. And he says, I want to be God. But then God realized it and God cast him out of heaven. And so Satan became Satan because he compared himself to God and he wanted God's job. Um, Satan got Adam and Eve to compare themselves to God. And they committed the first sin, you know, by wanting to be God and to understand like God does. And so here, here's what I've learned. And this is a powerful truth. And I, I want you to hear this. It's impossible to be satisfied with your own life if you are constantly comparing it to someone else's. It's impossible to be, to be satisfied when you're comparing your life to someone else's. And so comparison is a curse. It's really a curse. Um, and the more that we play with comparison, the more that we do it, guess what? The more that it's going to destroy us, the more we are going to resent, the more that we're going to, you know, again, that we're going to, you know, compare to other people and find uh, a lack of satisfaction. So you can't have satisfaction and compare. And so you say, well, what's the cure? Well, I want to answer the cure today. And I want to give you, you know, a few points here that I believe will help us, you know, get rid of the curse of comparison. Number one is this. We have to stop comparing someone else's highlight reel to our everyday reality. Let me say it again. We have to stop comparing you know, someone else's highlight reel to our everyday reality. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, verse 12. It says, we do, not com- we, not, we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some you know, who commend themselves. 
When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not what? Wise. They are not wise. And so you say, well, what do you mean by highlight reel? Well, uh, again, I'll go back to social media. We get on, you know, social media, Instagram, and we see everybody and they're, you know, at the beach, right? Uh, they're, you know, they, they have the perfect body and they they got their shirt off and they're showing off their six pack and, you know, they have this fancy rig. They take a picture of, you know, maybe their horse and trailer or, you know, again, their home or whatever. And we see all the fancy things that they have. And then, you know, we get, we look at our mediocre vacation that we took to the lake in our, you know, 1984 pontoon boats. And uh, we think to ourselves again, you know, I, why, why are they so, you know, lucky? I mean, look at the things that they get to do. And we compare our reality, uh, our everyday reality to their highlight reel. And, and the truth is this, you, you can't do that. If, if we think that, you know, the pictures that they're putting on Instagram are their everyday life, we're fooling ourselves. And when we compare our everyday life to their best days, it's just unrealistic and it's not reality. The reality is no one has a perfect life. No one. Uh, they might have some cool things. They might have some you know, bigger toys or whatever, but nobody has a perfect life and no one has everything together. I mean, again, they're taking pictures of themselves smiling and happy and their baby's happy and all that stuff. When the truth is, after the camera, you know, shutter stops and they stop recording that, listen, their baby starts crying just like yours. Uh, you know, their baby is teething just like yours. Their breast smells stanky just like yours when you wake up. I mean, they, they just don't look that good all the time. Uh, you know, when they ride their horse, a lot of times I'll watch horse videos and I'll see these guys and they got horses that, you know, I mean, they've ridden for one day and they just lope off. They don't buck or, you know, do anything. Well, the reality is that's not, you know, that's not the reality. A lot of times, you know, they may get on that horse for the first time and get bucked off. They may get yard darted right there in the round pen. And that's the reality. And so what do we do? And we do it ourselves. We show our best days, and then we compare our best days to everybody else's best days as well. And so the, the, yeah, you say, well, what's the cure to comparison? We have to stop comparing ourselves to everybody's best days because not everybody, you know, again, has a best day. Not every day is a best days or a best day. And so when we compare our everyday life to someone else's highlight reel, guess what? We're not wise. The Bible says that we're actually foolish. And so, number one is this. We, we have to stop comparing someone else's highlight reel to our everyday reality. That is the first part of the cure of comparison. The second part and the second cure for comparison is this. Number two is this. Gratefulness. If you want to defeat comparison in your life, then you have to learn how to be grateful. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, it says this, Give what? Give thanks in all what? Circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let me say it again. I love this scripture because, again, it can just release us from this curse of comparison. Listen to what it says. Give thanks in all circumstances. So no matter what you look like, no matter you know what you know vacation you got to go on, no matter what your kids are acting like, you need to give thanks in those circumstances. It for the Bible says it's the will of God in Christ Jesus. 
And so here's an amazing truth. If we will focus on what we do have, if we will be grateful for what God has given us, then guess what? We can overcome the curse of comparison. We can stop living that insecure life. We can stop being prideful. We can get rid of the resentment in our life because we are showing gratefulness. We're showing gratefulness. And you say, well, give me some ways I can do that. Well, here's some practical ways that, you know, you can cure comparison. Um, First of all, I would say put up some guards. Um, Again, so many of us are on social media and, you know, we get on there and, uh, again, we compare our lives to you know, other people's lives. Well, maybe you need to put up a guard. Maybe you need to get off social media for a, a little while. Maybe you need to stop following certain people or stop following, you know, certain places uh, that, you know, that are just, you know, beyond this world and you think it's too big, too good to be true. Well, the, the truth is it is. And so maybe we need to stop following those people that maybe we envy or that we get jealous of and stop coveting, you know, some of the things that they have. Maybe you need to stop, I don't know, we don't have a mall in Woodward, but maybe you need to stop going to the mall and stop walking around and going, hey, I'm missing out on all this stuff. Look at them. You know, they're dating. I mean, how did that guy get her? I mean, he's pretty ugly, but no, I'm just kidding. But, you know, how did that, <laughs> that was kind of funny, but, um, you know, we look around and we compare ourselves, maybe at the mall or, I don't know, maybe you go to Atwoods and compare yourselves to, you know, other farmers or ranchers or, or whatever, but maybe we have to stop going to certain places. Uh, where we find ourselves comparing ourselves. Maybe you need to stop subscribing or getting emails or ads or whatever of, you know, magazines or, you know, even emails or, you know, just, again, following stuff on the computer, on the Internet, you know, that are convincing you that actually you're missing out on something. I'll, I'll give you an example. I love vests. I love uh, nice vests. I love, you know, just vests that look cool. And so I'll get the, you know, latest Filson magazine or, you know, catalog or whatever, or I'll get their emails and they'll come out with something new and I'll feel like, man, I'm missing out. I got to have that. I got I got a jacket fetish as well. And I, I look at it and I go, man, I got to have, you know, that jacket. And so I look at those things and then I begin to compare my life and go, well, I don't have that and I need that. And so Maybe you got to put up some guards. Maybe you need to unsubscribe again to those catalogs or stop following, you know, Filson or whatever it is that you like um, on Instagram. And because it because, again, it just help, it just will help you not compare yourself to those things. And so put up some guards. That's the first thing. A practical way to cure comparison. Here's the second thing. Um, you know, practice gratitude. Practice it. Um, maybe every day that you get up, the first thing that you do is you say 10 things that you're grateful for. Um, maybe, you know, you say, you know, I'm grateful, grateful for my job. Thank you, God, for my job. Maybe you think, you know, God, I'm grateful for my spouse. She is wonderful or he's an amazing guy. And you practice these grateful things. Thank you, God, for the truck that I do have. I mean, it runs, right? Uh, thank you for the gifts that you've given me. Thank you for the way that you've made me imperfections and all. Even the belly that, you know, that all of us, maybe not all of us, but maybe, you know, I have. And by the way, that's not the way God made me. I've probably created the belly that I have. But we need to be thankful for our lives. We need to be thankful for the experiences that God has allowed us to have. And so maybe you need to practice those things. Instead of, again, getting on Instagram or getting on Facebook or whatever it is and comparing yourself, maybe you just need to start your day with saying, thank you, Lord. 
Thank you for another breath. Thank you that I can see. Thank you that I can hear. And you practice gratefulness because that's what God's will is for us to be grateful in all circumstances. And so again, we got to stop, you know, comparing someone else's highlight reel to our everyday, you know, reality. We got to stop, you know, or we got to start being grateful. And then the last thing is this, and I believe this is one of the greatest cures for comparison. And it's this number three is this contentment. Huh, this one's hard um, because we look at things again and we compare what we have and we go, I want that or I want what she has or I want to look like that. And this one, at least for me, uh, is kind of uh, the hardest one, contentment. And maybe in some respects, contentment is good. I mean, we can't get content in our jobs. We want to get better. We can't get content in, you know, the husband that we are. We want to be a better husband. Those things are good. But there is, uh, you know, uh, there's a part of the curse of comparison that says, you know, when you don't have certain things, you, you know, you compare them and then you become discontent. And so here's a, here's a fact. Finding contentment in, you know, riding uh, horses or, you know, playing a sport or running a race. Those are all good things and they should be enjoyed. Um, having money, uh, again, is, a, is an OK thing. But contentment is not found. Listen, it's not found in this earthly stuff. It's not found when you, you know, get to a place financially and you go, man, I got enough money. It's not found in, you know, going on that vacation. I mean, going on vacations are good, but it's not found in, you know, a place of contentment. It's not found in those places. It's actually found in finding satisfaction in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, again, you can have fun doing things in the world, and I encourage you to do those. God created the earth so that we could enjoy it. But at the end of the day, if you want to be truly content, then you have to know Jesus Christ. He is the answer and the secret to true contentment. Listen to the words of Paul in the Bible. Um, Paul is actually not sitting in a palace. He's not got a mansion somewhere because he's, you know, the man. I mean, he could have been. I mean, he was, I mean, he stinking wrote, you know, half the New Testament, if not more of the New Testament in the Bible, but he's not sitting in a palace, you know, being, being fanned by, you know, palm leaves. He's actually sitting in prison and listen to the words that he wrote while in prison. He wrote it to the church in Philippi, uh, in the book of Philippians chapter four, verses 11 through 13. Listen to what he says. He says, not that I was ever in need for, I have learned how to be what content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or, or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or an empty one, with plenty or with little, for I can do everything through who? Through Christ who gives me strength. I mean, here's Paul. He's sitting in a jail cell, right? And he's still thankful. He's still content because why? Because he knows Jesus. I mean, think about it. Paul, maybe you don't know the story of Paul, but Paul, you know, he grew up uh, a Pharisee. He grew up knowing a lot. He grew up with a good education. He had power. He had prestige. I mean, he was one of the best Pharisees, you know, there was. But then, you know, again, he gave his life to Jesus and then he began to live for Jesus. And then he, you know, experienced all kinds of other circumstances where he was hated even by some Christians because of his past. He, he was misunderstood. He was beaten. Um, he was persecuted. He, uh, again, chained in jail. 
And so here's Paul having known what it was like to have a lot and having known what it was like to not have anything, not even have a place to race, you know, to rest your head. But he says this, he says, but in spite of all my circumstances, in spite of having plenty and in spite of having nothing, I can be content with little or with much because Christ is all I need. Christ is all I need. Can I just speak some truth into your life? Christ is all you need. I heard it said this way, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Jesus plus you know, nothing equals everything. And so maybe you're here today and you are not bringing your best you. I mean, you can't be who God created you to be because you're, you know, experiencing the curse of comparison. Listen, there is no way that you're ever going to be who God wants you to be until you get a handle and find the cure and apply the cure of comparison. Um, God wants you to do that. God wants you to to be Y-O-U. And so to do that, again, you have to stop comparing. We have to stop comparing. We have to stop comparing someone else's highlight reel to our everyday reality. We have to start being grateful. We have to start being thankful. And number three, again, we have to find our contentment in Jesus Christ. And you say, well, how do I do that? I mean, how how do I get past all this stuff and the things of the world and comparing and, you know, the resentment that I feel? Well, it starts with Jesus and it ends with Jesus. And you say, well, how do I come to know him? Well, the Bible says, again, everyone who will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And when you give your life to Jesus and you confess him as your Lord and Savior and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, listen, you can find the contentment that you've been looking for in all the other things. Because he is the one who can truly make you content. And so maybe you're here today and you need to know Jesus. Again, you can have all the money, you can have all the stuff, but until you find Jesus, you're never going to be who God created you to be. Because you don't know his son. And so today, maybe you need to come to know him as your personal Lord and Savior. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. Maybe, again, you're here and you are not being who God created you to be. Um, And maybe you need to confess that sin today in your life. Maybe you find yourself comparing yourself to a lot of other people. I know I do sometimes. And uh, I know I needed to hear this message. But maybe you're here today and you need to confess that sin to Jesus Christ. Maybe you know him uh, personally already and you need to just get before him. Maybe in your heart, you just need to close your eyes and right there in your seat, right in this cell barn today, you need to just say, okay, Lord, I know I compare myself to other people. I know I compare what I have. I know I compare who I am or, you know, even what I don't have to other people. And today I am confessing that I have sinned in the sin of comparison. Please forgive me. For comparing my life and what I don't or do have to other people. Forgive me for showing my ungratefulness and saying to you that what you've given me is not good enough. Forgive me of that. Listen, maybe you just prayed that. I hope that you did. I know I did. I know I needed to pray that that prayer of confession. Maybe you need to take it a step further. 
Um, and maybe just in the next few seconds, you need to start, you know, practicing that gratefulness that we talked about earlier. And so maybe you just need to close your eyes and you just maybe need to pray something like this as well. Lord, I am so thankful for what you've given me. I'm so thankful for the life that I get to live. I'm thankful for the eyes that you've given me. I'm thankful for the, you know, the body that you've given me. I'm thankful for, you know, the experiences that you've given me. Even though they've been hard, even though, you know, again, maybe somebody else's life is much easier. I thank you for my life. I thank you for my kids, if you have them. I, I thank you for, you know, my wife, my husband. Thankful for my job. Thank you for allowing me to bring home a paycheck. Thank you for all that you've given me. Listen, I hope that you prayed that as well and that you took, you know, this this idea of having the cure of comparison through gratefulness and you prayed that prayer. Um, but maybe, again, you need to ask God uh, to give you contentment. Maybe, you know, again, you walk around discontent all the time. You look at other people's things and you go, man, I wish I had what they have. Can I just tell you true contentment, like I've said already, is found in knowing Jesus. And so maybe you're here today and you need to give your life to Jesus. Again, the Bible says that if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. This is the only way that you'll truly find contentment in life. And so maybe you're here today and you got your head bowed and your eyes closed. Can I just encourage you? Maybe you just need to pray this prayer of salvation. Lord Jesus, I know I've looked to the world for my contentment. I know I've compared my life to other people's lives. And today I've learned that only the, the only true contentment is found in you. And so today I'm confessing my sins. I'm giving you my life. I'm asking you to come in and, and cure me from the sin and get rid of the sin in my life so that I can find true contentment in you and you alone. So forgive me of my sin. Become my Savior and my Lord. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, we celebrate what you just decided to do. And that's to follow Jesus. We're so excited. We're so thrilled that, that you have given your life to Jesus for the first time today. And you think, well, what, what do I do now? What's the next step? Well, that's why we have Thousand Hills Ranch Church. We want you to connect with us. And so just a, just a second, um, we're going to have someone step up and they're going to share with you how you can connect with our church. And so my prayer is that you would maybe fill out that orange card or text your name to the number on the screen and that you would connect with us. You say, I don't know how to get out of the other sins in my life. I know maybe how to get out of the sin of comparison. How do I get out of these other sins? Or how do I overcome this addiction? Or how do I, you know, save my marriage? Or, you know, all those other things. This is the, the reason why the church exists, is to be able to help you through those things and to ride this ride together with you. And so my prayer is that you would connect with us today. I want to close this in a word of prayer and then someone's going to come and they're going to share with you how you connect with us. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the joy that it is to know that we can find true contentment in you. Lord, help us not to compare. Help us not to resent our lives or, you know, resent our neighbor or even resent you because of, you know, maybe the things that, you know, we think that we don't have. And so cure us from the sin and the curse of comparison. 
And Lord, for those that have given their life to Jesus today, I pray that they would follow you faithfully from this point on and that they would grow in their walk with you, that they would you know, become a part of this church, and Lord, and begin to serve and begin to learn and go to a ranch group and you know, attend a ranch group so that they can find Christ-centered friendships so that they can grow in their new ride with you. And so, Lord, we thank you for saving us. And we thank you for the contentment that we can find in you. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen.